Deal with it. We're all screwed up. Find out how to be happy no matter what is going on. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. The real story is that Tracy saved my butt. It's been an amazing opportunity for me. So I feel like if I can make growth from it, I know anyone can. It's the best investment I've ever made in myself. It way beats a Greek holiday, and I love my Greek holidays. Thank you so much for um, uh, all the work in the session and the Marco Polo to help me. So, Tracy, you're awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's just been, it's just been amazing. And I just, if anyone's even thinking about it, do it. Even if you're just thinking about it, just do it. Just go there. You know, just, just do it for yourself. You know. Welcome to this special edition where Tracy answers your burning questions. Hello there. I am back once again, and I hope that uh, you can all hear me okay. I believe that my computer is cooperating at this point. So anyway, how are you all doing today? I am here, and I am well, and I have another wonderful episode about emotional baggage to stop unleashing and start releasing. What does that mean? Well, all of our issues basically stem from our emotional baggage, our perception—excuse me, our perception of life, and what we believe life is delivering to us. And then, what happens if we have a negative judgment about something? We stick it into our emotional baggage. I like to look at it like an emotional backpack. So we just keep storing shit in it, right? And the more stuff you store, the more stuff you have to contend with as far as getting to a place of having emotional well-being. So emotional well-being to me is like the best place to be. If you don't have emotional well-being, it could look like everything is groovy on the outside. But when that's missing on the inside, pretty much sucks. Pretty much does not feel good at all. So anyways... The more responsibility you take for your life, the more you say yes to, hey, I created these circumstances. I'm the one who's done this. I'm the one who is in charge of me, so on and so forth. Every time I do that or you do that, we actually take a step forward. We actually create something new for ourselves. When we're stuck in the old paradigm of blaming our emotional baggage on the rest of the world and all the events that have happened to us, we never get out of it. So the key is you want to break those patterns. You want to break the habits that keep you stuck in the trenches of feeling like crap and holding on to other people as though they're the answer that's going to somehow make your day better, or I should say your life better, right? Okay. So people are tuning in. That's awesome. Um, Somebody sent me a message last week, by the way. It was really cute. And my reaction was really cute. I think it was, well... (laughs) I think my reaction was really cute, but uh, she was funny. She's like, so you talk about not teaching people, you know, in a relationship and not being the person to sort of drag them along, give them advice, you know, prop them up, be that person, right? Hey there. Love that. (laughs) Groovy Thursday. It's always groovy, right? Okay. So 
she was basically saying in this message to me how even though she appreciates my podcast and appreciates, you know, the work I'm doing, aren't I teaching? Aren't I still rescuing people? Aren't I, me, Tracy, still doing that? And I thought, you know, it's really funny how that is because I'm not in the same way that I would have been in a relationship. So in a relationship, when you're trying to be the teacher, when you're trying to give advice, when you're trying to rescue, when you're trying to fix, it's about you. It's about your need for validation. It's about you having an attachment to an outcome. Because when you're in a relationship and you're doing all that stuff, you definitely have a motive. You are not doing it out of the kindness of your heart because you are completely and totally avoiding yourself when you are the teacher, the fixer, excuse me, the fixer, the rescuer, that person in a relationship. You're completely devoid of having any kind of inclination about what you're doing because it's so focused on the other person and what they're doing wrong and how they need help. I hear that all the time, by the way, when people work with me about, hey, my partner really needs to go get some therapy or some coaching or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's really nice of you to say that. But why don't you just focus on you? So the difference is I don't do that shit in my private life. I don't, I don't do that at all. I don't look at my fiance and go, hey, you know what? You need some fix in there, buddy. But I used to. So I know what it's like. I know the difference. I also don't do it in friendships. In fact, there's a lot of friendships that I don't have anymore. <laughs> um and in, in some of that, you know, of course, I am the participant in it, and I have a hand in that. But I stopped rescuing people as well. And the more I didn't want to rescue friends and be the go-to person, the more my social life fell apart at one point because I realized I had built a lot of false relationships, you know, based on me being that person, the personal guru bullshit. And, and meanwhile, being miserable and not really addressing my own shit I mean, I addressed everybody else's shit and ignored mine. So at this point in my life, I would have to say, you know, when I teach, I'm doing it. It's my profession. And it's if people want to tune in, if people want to be coached, if they want to change their lives, great. It's not me telling them, you got to change your life. You better do something about it. We have a bad habit of doing that in relationships, though, don't we? We look at someone and we're like, yeah, you got all those things you got to fix. I don't do that. I look for people who, hey, you know what? What you're saying, Tracy, it resonates with me, and I'm seeing change in my life, and this is cool. But they're doing it. I'm just providing the information. And I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have an attachment to an outcome that they have to do something or be something or any of that. Because I really understand the work I teach is hard. This is hard stuff. You're having to deal with your emotions, which most of us don't, right? We don't deal with our emotions, and we're always... Thinking, strategizing, different ways to live and different ways to get what we want and all that kind of stuff. What does that do? Well, it keeps you stuck in the same patterns. That's what it does. So oftentimes people are doing that and it's not up to me to drag them through and go, you got to stop doing that. I can give them guidance. I can give them tools, but I cannot climb inside someone else's body and say, yeah, hey, guess what? Let me fix you. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. Doesn't, doesn't have a payoff. It is not fun. I don't drag people. And that to me would be torture to have to show up and drag people through sessions or feel so like, oh my God, they got to get this. They got to get this. People get things in their own time. We all do. We all have emotional layers, right? You get through that layer, that layer, that layer. And hopefully you get to the negative belief that's controlling your life. So enough about that. 
let me get to the questions. And if you have questions, please feel free to uh, put them up on here, and I will do my best to get to them today. All righty. All right, so the first question, which I haven't read these ever. <laughs> I just, I'm like an encyclopedia with this stuff, right? I can talk about it forever, clearly. All right. Why does all this being aware of my emotional baggage simply exhaust me? Ah, oh, that is such a great question. So here's the good news and the, the bad news. And I agree, Jen, dealing with your emotions, it's awesome. Um, and I'm going to answer that question, Jill, in a second. Okay, so this first one about emotional, you know, their emotional stuff and being aware of it and why is it exhausting? Well, here's the deal. First of all, once you become aware of anything about yourself, you can never go back. You can't go back to sleep, right? And so just becoming aware doesn't solve the problem most of the time. And I mean the problem being where you are with yourself and how you see your life right? You're seeing some problem there. So it can feel like I got to go climb a mountain to change my life. Even though, excuse me, even though now I'm aware that I have to make a change, it's holy crap, I got to do a lot of work. So mentally it is, it's overwhelming, but emotionally it really isn't. See, when you start checking into your emotions, it gets easier and easier, and then it becomes your new normal. Instead of going right to your head when something happens that you don't like or you perceive it as a problem, instead, you're just going to feel your way through it. And for me, most of the time, unless it's something I'm currently trying to work through, it takes me like 30 seconds, right? Rather than all that headspace I used to give to issues outside of me, like, oh, my God, this has got to work and it's not working and this is all fucked up and I'm in anxiety, I'm in pain, I'm in all these horrible emotional states. And the thing is, it's like the more you deal with your emotions, the less they are disruptive to you. In fact, it becomes a feeling of peace when you feel your way through something. So it does get easier once you step into action, awareness to action. Action takes a little while because it's a little scary. So be patient with yourself and try not to think too much about what you're aware of. Okay. Okay. So Jill Marie, what? If it seems the person wants to be fixed, like that's the reason they're attracted to me. Jill, <laughs> I don't want to say run, but here's the deal. Two things. You don't want to be fixing anybody. You don't, you don't want to do that. That is such a heavy weight you wear, but you might wear it. I used to wear it. So when I used to wear it, it was very much about getting validation. I didn't realize it at the time. Like I didn't think I brought any value to a relationship unless I was fixing somebody, you know, unless I had the answers. Then I looked like a valuable person. If I didn't have that, I felt like, well, I don't have any value. So I would like it if somebody showed up and they were broken or fucked up in some way. And they're like, yeah, I really want to get help. And trust me, I had relationships where they're like, yeah, I really do want your help. That was a burden. That wasn't a partnership. It wasn't love. It was two people who didn't want to be emotionally intimate. And basically, you can't be emotionally intimate if you're teaching someone and you're in a love relationship. And because they're always going to be your pupil, they're not going to be your equal. So you can't close the gap emotionally with them. And so you have to look at your reasons as to why that would be attractive to you to want to do that. And if they really want help, then maybe they need to go find somebody who can actually, they can pay and be helped. 
but that's not your job and that's not what you want to do in a relationship. Sometimes we had models growing up that said, hey, one partner is the teacher, the one who was always right and the other one's always wrong. So a lot of us had that dynamic. I did. You know, my mom was a teacher. My dad was the person who was like the circus clown. Okay. So <laughs> he really wasn't. But the point is she was always right. He was always wrong. So you want to look at that dynamic too. Like what is it you're trying to get from this relationship? What, what is it you're trying to get to be said about you? You know, what is it? Is that how you're going to get love? Is that how you're going to get attention, respect? You have to look at it because it's a really high price for you to pay to get that. Okay. I hope that's helpful. All right. I'm going to go on to the questions over here. All right. So number two, my birthday's coming up and I always get depressed around this time because I think I should be farther along in my life than I am. Oh my God. I've been talking about this all week because it's so fun. I mean, I'll get to it. Every day is the same. My job is unfulfilling and I'm still single at 46. I don't want to be so negative and I know I should be thankful for each birthday, but I'm not. Not sure what my question is. I guess it's how can there be more than this? Or if this is all there is, how can I be content with that? Okay, well, he, <laughs> all right, I'm going to start talking too fast. And my brain, <laughs> my brain needs to catch up. All right. So first of all, this farther along bullshit, there's no such thing. That's somebody else's picture of what, I don't know, our society decided to take on as a whole that, hey, you're supposed to graduate from high school, go to college, get a job, get, you know, 2.5 kids and have a white picket fence, husband, wife, whatever. And then you're supposed to be happy. And life is supposed to be smooth, right? There's no problems. That's such a bunch of horseshit. That is not true in anybody's life. I've been doing this for 10 years. I have talked to thousands of people. And I look at it from the perspective of someone who had that at one point in her life. And I did. In my first marriage, it was very much like I did all those milestones and I was miserable. And so it isn't about the outside. And I will tell you this, the idea that we're supposed to be anywhere other than where we are is utter bullshit. It takes time. If you are a person who is interested in self-growth, and apparently if you're talking to me, you must be, then you're looking to change your life. It takes time. Change doesn't happen overnight. First of all, you have to have the awareness of what you're doing to stay stuck. What is safe in your comfort zone? What is safe about this job that's unfulfilling and all the things that you have in your life that completely are unfulfilling? Why do you stay there? You make a choice all the time. It's about your choice. It's about your limited perspective, which you were brought up with, and that's where you make your choices from. So as you make these choices in your life, they're the same choices. And you're choosing the same things. And so you're not happy. But again, let me go back to what I was saying. As far as being somewhere else, this drives me crazy because it's, it's just not true. Nobody's life is linear. Everybody has stuff. And as, as a person who's wanting to grow, you're going to go through times where it seems like you're not moving. I used to think I wasn't moving at one point. Everything looked the same. I felt like I lived in Groundhog's Day. But I didn't see how fear and I kept choosing fear as the, you know, the thing to hold me back, I made my life really super safe, but it really wasn't safe. It was boring and I was depressed and I was stuck. And so I had to keep challenging myself. I had to keep walking through my fear and making, you know, something new wherever it happened to be, whether it was personally or professionally. So you have to be the person who's going to be active and you cannot look at your life that way. 
if you want to actually go forward, because that's looking backward. The other part is have experiences. So I'm saying action, everybody get out there and have experiences. The minute you have another experience, you have something else to look at. Otherwise, you can go sit in your armchair and just think thoughts all the time and take no action and be stuck. And being stuck sucks. It does. So you've got to have experiences. Go have them. They're not right or wrong. They're just experiences. And that will start to change things because the more experiences you have, the more you get away from being stuck. So I've given you a few different ways you can go with this. I hope that was helpful. Whoever asked the question, I'm not sure. Hey, my daughter's on. Hey, (laughs) that's right, Terry. Yes, to new experiences. I have to have them all the time. In fact, when I'm done doing this, I'm going to go record two new podcasts and one of them ought to be a hoot nanny because it's going to be about something I'm currently dealing with in my life. All right. So this one, I say that I don't care what others think and I'm mostly okay with who I am inside and out. Yet I've noticed recently that the outside always looks put together by default, no matter how I feel inside. Yes, ma'am. I understand that. Looking perfect on the outside, feeling like shit on the inside. It's a facade I present to the world, but in doing so, I'm cutting myself off from the connections I long for. People assume that I don't need or want a connection. How can I show my vulnerability through my appearance? So we're animals, right? We are. We're animals. Okay. So there is a certain energy that we have, and there is animal instinct, correct? Yes. You can walk into a room, and let's say you're at a party, and you can kind of read people without even talking to them, right? So you can tell maybe it's the body language, but there's something that everybody puts off, right? Someone's approachable, someone's not approachable. So a lot of us aren't even aware we're putting off this sort of energy or, you know, that other people have some kind of instinct about us, right? Especially if they haven't met us. We think, well, how could they judge us? They don't know us. Well, here's the thing. Whatever you're feeling about you comes out, It does. It comes out. And so if you don't genuinely feel open and you feel disconnected from you, you're going to feel disconnected from everyone else. If you're open and you're connected to yourself, it can be great. I did an experiment once and this was really kind of funny. Um, I decided and I know people have done this because people always say, yeah, go out and connect with people and smile and they're going to love you. Well, I did do that, but I did it from a genuine place. I did it from, I really wanted to connect with people because it was important to me. It was important to me in all aspects of my life. So this one summer I spent basically saying hello to everybody and smiling at everybody. Um, Yes, I got dates from it. (laughs) I made new friends from it. I had all sorts of opportunities that showed up, but I was really open to that. Now, I wasn't necessarily open to anything more than that, but I was open to that. So the more open you are and you're connected, you have an intention about what you're doing and how you feel, then that gets projected outwards. It really does. I don't give a shit what your thoughts are because thoughts are fleeting. We have thousands of thoughts a day. And when we have thousands of thoughts a day, a lot of them don't have any meaning right? You could be going, oh, the sky is purple. Oh, look, there's a cloud. Oh, there's a chipmunk. Well, you're not manifesting anything. You're not putting forth any energy with that. But your feeling about you and your connection to you is a different story. So the more connected you are to yourself, 
the more able you are to connect to other human beings. And you want to, get, of course, get deeper, right? Because it's one thing to just connect like I did. It's to really connect and be available to so much more. Like, I don't know, an emotionally intimate relationship. How about that? Okay, so let me go on. Um, Crystal, I'm glad that helps because you feel stuck. That's awesome. It really is. And you know, real quick, one of the things with taking any action and having experiences is you have to walk through your own inertia. You know, we have these patterns of behavior and there's a lot of inertia stuck to it, you know, where you just feel like you're dragging your feet through cement to go do something. And that is because your patterns are trying to hold on. They're like, no, no, I want you to keep doing things in the same way. You're going to stay safe. You're going to stay safe and miserable. You're going to stay safe. So it's to really go, hey, I'm going to put my my boots on and I'm going to walk through the cement and be aware of how it feels, be emotionally present and go, yeah, this isn't that fun yet. Or yeah, this is fun. Whatever it is you're feeling, just be aware of it, but go have the experience. Okay. All right. So next question is number four. And that's the last one I have. Um, all right. Why is it that the men I want to date never ask me out? And the ones who ask me out, I don't want to date. Friggin' story of my life and I'm over it. How do I flip that switch? Is it something I'm putting out there? <sighs> okay, so this is such a fun question, and I, I breathe like that because most of us have, I don't want to say a warped idea, but we have an idea that society has given us, media, magazines, stories, movies, about how we're supposed to date, You know what you're supposed to do, put the right lipstick on, be flirty, smile a lot, play with your hair, um, you know, don't say anything that someone could be upset by, whatever bullshit, okay? So when it, you look at the men, okay, and I'm looking at this question again. So when you look at the men who are asking you out and the ones that you want to ask you out, do you even know why you do want to go out with this guy over here that doesn't want you? And do you know why you don't want to go out with this guy over here that wants you? First of all, we don't even look at that. We don't even look at why we say we want what we want. We don't have a clue. We're just sort of doing what we've always done, right? And that is based off of our childhood. It's not even based off of our adulthood as far as what we want, okay? Like I can give you a list of you know things to put in a checklist, but I'm talking about Whatever it is that you want to be rescued from as a kid, right? Like if you didn't get enough attention, if you had somebody, you know, like maybe your dad or your mom were really difficult to, to keep, not just attention wise, but to keep any feeling of love from them coming to you on a consistent basis or, or whatever it happens to be. So you go out with that when you don't have the awareness, which most of us don't, that you feel that way. And therefore, you're looking probably at the people who don't want you, just like your mom and dad might have appeared not to have been too interested in you. You might be looking at these, these people and thinking, yes, they're going to be able to rescue me because your subconscious is going, yeah, that's familiar. Those people not wanting me, totally familiar. Those people wanting me, something's wrong with them because ha, look at me. Really? And that's how we feel about ourselves. Even if we look amazing, that's how we feel because that's how we were raised. 
So you have to break that pattern and you have to be curious. And, and I use the word curiosity a lot because most of us aren't curious. We stay in the lines and we don't get out of the lines. And when you don't get out of the lines, you don't know what exists outside of the reality you keep choosing. So you have to color outside the lines. You have to go, well, why am I saying no? Why don't I say yes to one of these people who wants to go out with me and not look to them to make me feel better? Instead, why don't I go out with them and see how I feel and what I do on a date? Am I open? Am I authentic? Am I doing all that bullshit I read in a magazine that said how to be a great date? What am I doing? And then the guys that don't want to go out with you, ask yourself why it's important for you to have them. What do they represent to you that you don't have? Because usually when we want something we can't have, we feel we lack something. What do you feel you lack? Because the more you fill in inside of you what you lack, basically by doing things that are about self-love, which I know I've talked about and given multiple ways to love yourself. But when you're filling up that space inside, it changes everything. It makes you more confident. It makes you feel like you have value. And then you're going to ask yourself, well, why would I want someone who doesn't want me? Why would I? Because I value me so much more. Of course, I want to meet somebody who does value themselves as well. And they value themselves. I value myself. And we get together and we have a valuable relationship rather than a mess, right? Okay. So I hope that was helpful. Again, all of these questions, I could go on forever with answers. I really love that you guys are joining me for this. And um, if you have questions, you can leave them here. You can private message me on Facebook. And we will put them into next week's questions. Um, I really enjoy doing this. And so please, again, you have questions, let me know. Other than that, thanks for tuning in. And I'll see you next week. Oh, and next week, don't forget. Nine o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to be three hours earlier because it just seems more convenient for everybody. So anyways, everybody take care and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. To find out more about Tracy and her podcast, visit tracycrossley.com. That's where you can sign up for her newsletter and information session and find out more about her courses and programs. The address again is tracycrossley.com. If you like the podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes so that more people can find it.